Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 464, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And this week, I have another conversation lined up for you, this week with my friend, Leslie Samuel from Become a Blogger. Now, many of you who have been listening for a very long time, you probably recognize the name of Leslie Samuel. He was a guest on this podcast twice before. One episode devoted totally to his story about how creating online content, specifically YouTube videos at the time, on the topic of biology actually helped him land his dream job of becoming a college professor, even though he did not have the number one requirement of becoming a college professor, which is actually having a PhD. Now, if you want to hear that story, which by the way, I do encourage you to go back, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash 251, because that was episode number 251 from March 2012 when we shared that full story. At least that was the full story at that time. Things have changed for Leslie since then. He has since left his dream job to actually create his dream business. And in this week's episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, I am going to now share with you a pre-recorded conversation that I had with my great friend Leslie Samuel earlier this week that I believe is going to inspire so many of you. Let's jump into that right now. Leslie, what is up, my friend? Not much, man. How are you doing? I have never been better. It gets better every single day. If you didn't answer that, I would be like very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I expect, man. You know, I've I've had that saying for so long. And every time I've ever said it, there have been times when, when somebody will ask me and I don't say that because there have been some, you know, there are yeah. always ups and downs, right? Definitely. But you know what? Ever since I got back from the Tony Robbins event, <laughs> that has been my response. And it's dead on, dude. Every single day, new new gifts from God, which are, you know, these minutes that he's given us that are priceless, that what, life is just awesome. Oh, it, it definitely is. And I've, I've actually, ever since you've been back from the Tony Robbins stuff, I've been checking out Tony Robbins even more. I watched the documentary on Netflix and uh, I, I love the stuff that's going on there, man. I love the inspiration. I love the the the, the way the at least from what it seems from someone that hasn't been to one of these events the way that he helps you to come to these breakthroughs and just broke just just kind of like burst through your fears and the doubts and all that stuff so i i think it's pretty awesome well i've invited you on the show again and i i think this might only be your second time it could be your third i can't remember do you know I think it is, it might be the third. I think the first time it was like when you were doing a blog world or something of that sort. Yeah, that, that I believe that's right. But there was an entire episode for anybody who's listening and wants to hear the, the beginning part of Leslie Samuel's journey. Episode 251. And by the way, this is episode 464. So it's been a while. Oh, wow. It has been. Man, has it been that long? It was March 2012 that we did the full wow. blown Leslie Samuel expose of how you basically you you created 
YouTube content about yeah. something you were passionate about, about biology, and then ended up landing you your dream job as a college professor, even though you didn't have any of the qualifications that were required to get such a position. Oh, man, I remember I remember that interview very clearly. But man, so much has happened since then, man. <laughs> there are a couple of reasons why you're on the show. First of all, you know, obviously you are experiencing an entrepreneurial journey, how content has played a role into leading and guiding you to new opportunities and just how important it is just to be consistent yep. in producing content and just what doors open up to you. You're a perfect example of that. Let's just say, I want to encourage people, if you want to go and learn more about Leslie Samuel's earlier part of his journey and how he landed his dream job as a professor, go back, podcastanswerman.com slash 251. But let's just assume somebody remembers that conversation because they've they've been following you ever since, yeah. or somebody's just listened to that. You landed your dream job as a professor. What happened with that job? So, so this is interesting because for a lot of people, the story will go like this. I had this job and I hated it and I wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> For me, that's absolutely not the case. I actually loved my job. You, you, you said dream job, right? It was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a university professor. And then I was a university professor and I enjoyed it. But then a number of things happened. Number one, I was, I was a university professor and I was doing my online stuff on the side because I needed to make some more money to make ends meet. My wife wasn't working anymore. She was at home with, with our son or my son came after I became a university professor, but she was at home um, and I needed to make some more money. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing the university professor thing. I'm running my online business. Then at a certain point, they required me to go on for a PhD, which they were going to pay for, which they started to pay for. And I was running in like every single direction on all cylinders and all of that with one thing that was a significant problem for me. I was hardly able to spend time with my family. I was hardly able to, you know, we had our son and my, my wife was working like around the clock with him and I wasn't able to be there the way that I wanted to be there. The reason why you wanted to keep the side business going is to pick up some extra income that was one reason. The other reason is because I love what I do online. We're going to come back to that for sure because that obviously that's that's where you're at today. But there's this thing on the side. It's generating some income. Now, was the PhD a requirement of continued employment as a professor? The, the way it was, I could work as a professor for two years, but within two years, I had to start working towards a PhD. So I waited the full two years. <laughs> and then at the end of the two years, I started working on the PhD because that was a requirement of my employment. Was the PhD, was it something that the pursuit of that, it wasn't really on your list of priorities or... I. I could care less about a PhD. I don't, I don't need anyone to call me doctor or anything of that sort. I don't have a problem with PhDs, but it wasn't something that you know, I was passionate about. Like, yeah, man, I can't wait for that to walk down the aisle and get that big diploma. No, I didn't really care about that. It was just something that I was doing to satisfy my employment. And actually, I was doing a PhD in leadership and the reason for that is because it seemed like the easiest PhD for what I was doing and where I am. And it's something that you could kind of customize. It, could, it allowed me to be able to do a PhD and even focus that PhD on what I was doing online. So it seemed like the easiest way to get those letters to satisfy the requirement. 
So you obviously wanted to spend more time with the family and doing the online business, being a professor and pursuing a PhD, all of that's way too much because it's not giving you time for your family, which is where your priorities are. If you would have just said, you know what, let me put off the side business for a while. Let me let me shut down the online pursuits and let me focus on my professor job and pursuing this PhD. If you got the PhD, would that have increased your income in such a way that you wouldn't have needed the side business? No, it would have increased my income slightly. I would have made $10,000 a year more. I guess, technically speaking, I wouldn't necessarily need the side income. Um, at a certain point, my wife would start working again as well. So we'd be we'd be fine. It's not that we'd be struggling. But if you wanted your wife to stay at home and not have to go back to work and you got your PhD, you got the extra 10 grand a year, would you be I, able to live the life that you want to live without the side income? I would be okay, but it wouldn't be able I wouldn't be able to live the life that I want to live. What happened? Why are you no longer a professor today? So there was one thing specifically that happened that triggered thoughts about everything else. And the thing that happened was my mom back in 2013 was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she's in St. Martin. I'm originally from St. Martin. She was going to Columbia for treatment. I went down there to be with her for a week. And then I came back to my job because, you know, I had to continue working. And when that happened, it kind of triggered an avalanche of thoughts in my mind. Man, I can't be there for my mom the way that I want to be. I am not there for my family the way that I want to be. I am running around like this crazy person in the pursuit of of a PhD and teaching and all that good stuff. And then I looked at the professors that were teaching with me that had been doing it for 20 something years to see if the future looked any different. And it didn't. They were hustling the same way that I was hustling while, while I was working on a PhD. I mean, they were doing their research. They were doing this. They were, I mean, they were constantly going. And when I saw what they're doing 20 years later than what, where I am at, I thought to myself, is that where I want to be in 20 years? And the answer was absolutely not. I had a conversation with my wife. I remember this conversation because I told her about everything that was going on and the stress that it caused and all that good stuff. And she said, and mind you, I'm the risk taker. My wife, not the risk taker, not as much. She said, I think you should leave your job. Now, when she said that, the next day I went in to talk to my boss, let her know that I was going because... We, we both realized that there was something more that we wanted to accomplish. There was something more that I wanted to accomplish specifically. And going in the direction that I was going was not going to get me there. Your wife is telling you, hey, this is not necessarily a life that's sustainable. I realize that even though I'm the conservative one, you're the risk taker. You only have one life to live. And this is not the life that we need together. Exactly. That's exactly it. And if she weren't behind me on that, I would still be teaching. <laughs> Definitely, I would still be teaching. But we both felt, we, we seriously felt as if God was leading us in a totally different direction, a riskier direction, uh, a more uncertain direction. But we felt as if he was saying, hey, this is where I want you to go. And once we came to that conclusion together, it was like, well, that's it. Now, at this point, Leslie, how long had you already been doing 
your online business pursuits? I actually started in 2008, January 18, 2008. I remember the date. So uh, this was in 2013. So we're talking five years. So before your wife pronounced, I think you should leave your job, you've already been operating this online business as a side pursuit from 2008 to 2013. Oh, yeah. She definitely wouldn't have said that if I hadn't been doing that. Yeah, I I started in 2008. Uh, I had some success. She was able to see, hey, this isn't just a dream that this guy has. This is something that he's actually done. We've had months where the income was significant and we have we've had months when the income was not as significant. And the the factor that was missing is, you know, I just didn't have the time to do it the way that I would need to do it for it to be a full-time income and beyond. I had the knowledge. I had the understanding. I knew what I needed to do, but I just didn't have the time. Was there ever a time where the side business, while you're still a professor, actually generated more income for you than you did as a professor? I'm just curious. Oh, yes, there were. There were a few months where that was the case, specifically when I was doing launches, um, because I have a program that I, I run and I remember the month that I launched it, it did it definitely did more than I did at my job. So there were some months where that was the case. Why not do more launches? I, that, that's just I know this is completely off the track of, of the journey part, but I'm just curious now, why not more launches? Why, why aren't you doing more launches? Well, the time, you, you mean back then, right? At that time or right now? I'm talking about right now. I, I'm, I'm thinking about Leslie and everything I've heard over the last couple of years. Why aren't there more launches? Because I, I wanted something that's more consistent. Gotcha. You know, a launch is great. But then this month, hey, we're, I mean, we're doing very well. And then next month, not as much. I wanted to build something that was a little more stable and not dependent on those one-off launches. Gotcha. All right, so going back to the journey and you know, your wife tells you, hey, you've, we've seen some success. There's been some great months. We, we know that there's something here. There is a business model here. It may not be as consistent as a regular paycheck that you can depend on from the university. But you know, with that being said, we believe that if you had more time to devote to this, you could actually generate a significant amount of income We'll just have to learn how to create this emergency fund, create buffers for this, you know, the month when income isn't as great. Yep. Your wife says, let's do this. So how long of a notice did you give and what was that time period like? Yeah, I actually gave a, a long notice. This was in November that I had the conversation with my boss and I let her know that I was going to finish the school year. So by the end of June of the following year, that's when I would be leaving. And the reason I gave that much time is because you know, my job is a pretty, it, it, was a, it was a serious job. I mean, I was teaching classes like anatomy where you're dissecting cadavers, neuroscience and pathophysiology. Really, this was at the doctoral level for students that are going for their doctorate in physical therapy. So to find someone for that position takes time, takes a lot of work. And then it had, we had to have kind of like a transition period where they were working with me and I was training them on certain things and getting them up to speed with all of the things that were a requirement for that job. So they, she, they had a significant amount of time from about October, November, all the way to the end of June. And what was that time period like when you went into the day job, the professorship, teaching and preparing for these classes? 
but yet it, you knew that you need to start ramping this the side man, business things up a bit it was hectic dude i mean I am because I know that, hey, I'm going to be leaving my job. I need to start building my business. Okay, so that's one part of it. Not start building my business. I need to kind of take things up to the next level. That's one part. The next part is I still have a tremendous amount of responsibility at, at my job and I can't let that slide. That's another part. The other part is well, yeah, I'm trying to build my business, but I still have the same amount of time <laughs> that I had before. So while I want to, and you know, we have our little son at home, the time still wasn't happening. And as much as I tried to hustle, the hustle wasn't enough during that time. I remember one day specifically, um, I, 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 was, I just finished my anatomy lab and I was walking away from the lab and going to the car to drive home to work on my business and to prepare for classes for the next day. And then I just started to freak out. Literally, I don't just like from one minute to the next. I just finished having a lab and the lab was fun. I was enjoying it. It was what I was. I, I loved it. And here I am now thinking about leaving that security behind to do this online stuff full time. And like my heart started to beat quickly. I mean, my heart was racing. I was freaking out. I drove home and I was just there kind of like, what in the world am I doing? I mean, there were times like that where it was just tremendously stressful. And there were times where, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just doing what I need to do just to, to make it. Where you are today, Leslie Samuel, Wednesday, August 24th, 2016, Leslie Samuel, if you were to able to have a lunch meeting immediately following that lab that you did where you were freaking out and you invited your future self of today to lunch, what would your future self of today say to that Leslie Samuel back then that was completely, at, I mean, at the lowest of the low, having experiencing as much doubt and, and remorse about the possibility of, of just how risky this is and how irresponsible it seems? I would say, dude, chill out. <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. And actually, you know, that, that freak out that I had that one day, it didn't last very long. I'm not the kind of person that kind of dwells on something. And I kind of took myself through a process to go from freaking out to it's going to be okay. And the process looks like this. Look like this. I asked myself a few questions. Number one, what's the worst that could happen? And then I literally started listing out the things that could happen. You know, I could, you know, my business could fail. I could not have enough money to feed my family, not be able to buy diapers for my son and all that good stuff. And it looked pretty bad. And then I asked myself, if the worst thing were to happen, what could I do to fix that situation? And then I started thinking, well, I could get a job. I could relatively easy find, easily find a job with the qualifications that I have and all that good stuff. I could, you know, start teaching at a high school again if I needed to do that. I could, I could te uh, get a job at McDonald's or wh whatever. There's things that I could do to start making ends meet again. So that was number. That was the, that's the second question. The third question was, what's the best that could happen? And then I started thinking about the opportunities that can come as a result of what I was doing online, the people that I could reach and the, the impact that I could have on the world. And then, you know, and I'm, I actually wrote these things out. I compared the list of the worst that could happen to the list of the best that could happen. And I asked myself, well, which one outweighs which? And in my mind, the best that could happen far outweighed the worst. 
And then I just started, okay, what do I need to do in order to get to that point? And then I just started implementing those steps. And it, for me, even going through that, that thought process back then really helped. So the freak out lasted a few hours and then it was over because I took myself through that. I love that. That list that you made, the worst thing. I mean, obviously, the worst thing was the business would fail and there's no money, blah, 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 blah. But it sounds to me like there probably were some other items on that list outside of that. Since you've left your career and all the way up through today, has anything from that <laughs> list, has anything from that list of the worst things or the bad things that could possibly happen, has any of those things occurred? Not one. <laughs> Seriously? Not a single one of them. Not one of them. My business has not failed. My family. Well, okay, wait, actually, let me let me rewind. Okay. because if I put myself back, because now I'm thinking, oh, it's great. Yada, yada, yada. If I put myself back to the day after I left my job, the day after I left my job, rent was due and I didn't have money to pay rent. So did, did the worst happen? Not the worst, but some of those things, yes. I didn't have money to pay rent, and I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to pay rent. And I started to think about the different things that I could do. Okay, I could, start, I could launch the program that I was thinking about launching. I could uh, start offering coaching and all these types of things. So I started working to build all those things, but still, rent was due. <laughs> I didn't have the money. So how did Fortun- you pay rent? Fortunately... I miscalculated my paychecks and I was the, the first I think was a Monday or something of that sort. And the Friday, my last paycheck came through when I thought my last paycheck was two weeks before. So one the Friday I woke up and, you know, it was the fifth and and money was in the bank account. I just start, I said, yes, I, I praise God. I ran to the rental office and I, I paid rent and all that good stuff. And you know what? There was a period for about four or five months where it was just a struggle. You know, we had to make decisions as to, you know, are we going to buy this amount of diapers or are we going to buy this amount of food? And having to balance that out and, you know, my wife coming to me and saying things like, hey, we need to buy such and such. And and not we want to buy such and such. We need to buy such and such. And my response is kind of like, yeah, I know, but we don't have the money. That was difficult, dude, to be able to tell your to to look your wife in her face and say, I know this is what we need, but we don't have it. How did that particular circumstance, whether it's happened once or even more times than that, on those occasions, how has that impacted your marriage? I mean, obviously, there's some stress and maybe even some disagreement and maybe even an argument. But but the overall lasting impact, how has it had an impact on your marriage when the finances are such a struggle? You know, that's a good question, right? And I think the answer to that is we made it when we couldn't. We made it when we couldn't pay for the things that we needed to make. I mean, to, to, to buy. We made it when we couldn't you know, necessarily pay rent on time or when we were all stressed out because of finances, but we were in it together. It wasn't a decision that I said, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur and wife, you are going to follow me (laughs) regardless. No, this was a decision that we made together. And I think because of that, yes, it's impacted us in a positive way. Um, Was it always beautiful? Absolutely not. But it was difficult and we made it. 
And if we can make it through that, we can make it through whatever we're going through right now. And that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be fine and dandy from here on out and that it can't get worse than it got back then. But I think we always have that time that we can look back on and say, hey, we made it through difficult times. God saw us through during those difficult times. Why can't he do it again? He can. He absolutely can. Um, so I think overall it, it's had a positive effect on our relationship. You know, one thing that I'm sitting here thinking as I'm hearing you talk about this and the fact that you had been working on this side hustle business for five years. And, and by the way, Leslie, you're one of the most likable guys I've ever met. I mean, oh, <laughs> and, and if I think about all the all the friends I have and, and you and I both know I could drop some names and there's some pretty impressive people that that you and I are both connected to and 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 certainly that it, that I might be connected to that you're not yet connected to. But uh, if I were to create a top 10 list of most likable people I associate with, you're definitely in the top five. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, I really do. So, and, and this is important. I'm not just saying this to make you feel good, but to, I just want to say that you're one of the most likable people. You're knowledgeable about what you do. You have a great gift for teaching. You have a great personality that wants to help and serve and you love people and you get really excited when you see people succeed and they love you when they hear about you. And not only that, Leslie, you're also connected to some pretty connected people who are consistently telling other people about how awesome you are. So for five years, you've been building this thing and then you leave your job to go full, do this full time. And, and this is the key thing. And, and, and this isn't to say anything about you. I, I think this is something that I, as, as a coach and a mentor to other people, I want to expose the truth of what this is. After five years of building a massively growing audience and being as connected as you are and as likable and as, a, and as capable as you are, having an existing audience and doing this for five years, you still experienced struggles to the point where, you know what, you didn't even get rent paid on time a couple times. Yeah, you know, it... it it's easy to look at people that seems to those people seem that like like man things are just great for them and i think even you know the way we we interact on social media we share a lot of the positive things you know if i have a yeah, we we criticize that but if i have a photo album right at home I'm not going to take pictures of the terrible things that happen and put it in the photo album. That's just not typically what we do. That's not what we share. But when you see us on social media, we share a lot of the positives. Uh, now, some of us go beyond that and share, you know, positive and the negative. And I think it's important for us to have a realistic perspective of what it takes in order to get to the point of uh, th that we see so many people, they look so successful, they do a launch, it brings in six figures, it this and that and yada, yada, yada. And I've been working so hard and look at where I am and the reality is behind all of those successes, uh, most of the successes that I've seen, unless someone came from a wealthy family and all that good stuff. Um, and even in those cases, there's a lot of struggle to get to that point. And, and, uh, and almost always a lot of time. Exactly. And we're not, and, and and we're not talking six months. We're, we're talking sometimes two, three, four, five years. Uh, well, well, think about it, right? 2008 to now 2016, that's eight years. 
is my business where I want it to be right now? Not necessarily. It, it's still a struggle. It is still a struggle. And the moment we think, all right, I've arrived. I no longer have to, 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 to put in the work. That is when we make ourselves susceptible to our demise. Absolutely. And, 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 and I think we need to con- continuously realize the fact that in order to be successful, you have to work. You have to work hard. You have to keep yourself, uh, uh, you have to keep educating yourself. You have to keep learning. You have to keep pushing because that's the only way we're going to really accomplish anything great. Absolutely. And and the, I'm so glad that we've brought this conversation to this place because Leslie, you I know you do some coaching with some people as well. I've been doing a lot of coaching and mentoring with people and the number of people who have come to me and say, Cliff, I have an idea for a side business. I'm like, how long have you been doing this? Well, I don't have a blog yet. I don't have a podcast. I don't even have a mailing list. I don't have an audience. Okay, okay, tell me what you want to do. Well, I have this, I have a lot of experience and I have a desire to help people. And what I would like to do is take my experience over the last 20, 35 years and I want to be able to help this group of people and I want to create these products and services And basically, within the next 18 months, I want to be able to leave my day job and pursue this as a full-time career and make at least as much money as I'm making in my day job. (laughs) And and I'm like... While it's not absolutely impossible, (laughs) it is highly unlikely that that will ever happen. Because here's, here's the thing, right? People don't care about your knowledge and expertise and experience. But you know what people care about? If you are someone that has been providing them with value consistently over a long period of time, you've earned yourself, at least in their minds, you've you've earned the position of someone that they're going to buy from or someone that they're going to trust to help them make very important life decisions because you've been there consistently you've showed up you've you've become that trusted expert's friend and you cannot accelerate that process you can't just rush through that process that is something that takes time absolutely so you've left the day job you left the professorship you're running your own business you've been doing this for two or or three years now right two and a half years going on three all right yep when you first left Give me the types of income streams, like within the first 90 days of of doing this full time, what were your sources of income? All right. So the first thing I did was I knew that I wanted, there were two main things that I wanted to do and it all had to do with coaching people. One, I wanted to set up a membership site where people can come and join and get courses and training and ask me questions and all that stuff. That was bucket number one. And when I initially launched it, I launched it as a beta uh, beta test with like, I think it was 20 students at the time, just to bring some people in and test out the process that I was developing to help people go from, you know, I have no idea what I want to do to how do I, you know, choose a topic, how do I build a blog and drive traffic and monetize and all that stuff. So that's the first thing I launched. The second thing I did was I started to offer one-on-one coaching because I had a lot of experience with blogging and I wanted to help others that wanted to take their blogs to the next level. So I, I was very specific about the type of people that I wanted to, to work with. I had a certain criteria in terms of traffic that they already had to have. And, and, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to be able to 
come into their business, make some tweaks and have them see a significant change in their income. So that was number two. And number three, I, well, actually there were four. Number three, I um, started to really do some more extensive affiliate promotions uh, where I would create all kinds of training to help people to understand how to use specific types of software and get an affiliate. I would get an affiliate commission whenever they sign up for that. And number four, I also started working with Social Media Examiner um, to to run their membership site, the Social Media Marketing Society, and that was a contract position. So between those four things, I started to reach to the point where I was making ends meet. The coaching membership, you had those 20 students originally. How much were those 20 students paying? They were paying $27 a month. Okay, so 27 people paying 27 a month. One-on-one coaching, how did you package that? Was it one-off calls, packages for several months, and how much did you charge? It was a monthly program. I was charging $500 a month. We'd get on two calls a month, and they'd have unlimited access to me via email in between those two calls. Affiliate promotions. Now, I'm not going to ask you about your contracted work with Social Media Examiner, so if you're worried about that, that question's not coming. That's obviously a private thing between you and Social Media Examiner. But just to know that that's contracted work, they're paying you an agreed amount for work that you do for them, which is awesome. Exactly. But but for affiliate promotions, I'm sure you're able to discuss about how much would you say was coming in on average back then from affiliate promotions? Back then, I think it started around maybe... $1,000 a month in total, between $800 and $1,000 a month in total, because I was focusing on things like, um, you know, GetResponse is a service that I use and I promote for a number of different reasons, and that's a recurring monthly commission. Um, And there were some others that I promoted. Of course, there's hosting, and um, those were the main two that generated that income. So back then, that was about maybe $800 to $1,000. What would you say within the first 90 days, how many clients were paying you one-on-one for coaching? I think I started off with either four or five. And the way I did that is, you know, I actually didn't do hardly any marketing for it. There was a podcast episode where I spoke about how to offer coaching. (laughs) And then at the end, I said, hey, by the way, I am offering coaching. If you're interested, come and fill out this application form. And that was it. And then the first, I think the first four people started and, and I hadn't advertised that service again for the next two years. All of the other clients just came from referral from previous clients. Those are your four streams of income within the first 90 days of doing this business. What are your income streams today? Are there any additional streams of income? No, those would be all. Well, there, there was a time where I started doing some consulting for uh, another, well, for GetResponse, actually. Um, so in, in addition to the, cons- the, the uh, contract work that I was doing for Social Media Examiner, I started doing some for them reviewing, well, um, giving them feedback on, on features and products that they were working on. Gotcha. So another contract work, but contracted work, if we put that into a, a yeah. bucket, that would, that would still be item number four. Exactly. So it's still those four income streams to date, but the proportions have changed significantly. Excellent. So today, what does how does the coaching membership look? Okay. So the coaching, well, actually the coaching membership is still around the same price. Okay. Um, It's still, well, not around. It's still $27 a month, depending on how you join it. Um, The first month is free now, and then you continue on with the $27 a month. The one-on-one coaching, the price has increased to $700 a month now. 
and the affiliate stuff that I'm doing that of course makes up a, a larger chunk of my income now. I think I get between uh, maybe closer to two thousand dollars with everything um, with everything combined. So there's that. There's the coaching and the uh, the membership site. That's a bigger chunk of my income now, and the the consulting for Social Media Examiner and get response that's significantly smaller than it was back then have you reached the point now that you're two and a half years into this where your income has reached on average the same as the professorship or has increased above it it reached the same as the professorship after five months oh wow so it took five months it took five months and i matched my income and then it it increased from there since it increased from beyond my professor's salary it has never dropped below it. That is awesome. That's one thing, and I can almost assume this, but I want to just get it out here. Let's just assume that you would have gotten the extra ten grand a year as being a PhD in the professorship. Uh-huh. Has your income from your business today exceeded even what that would have been? Definitely. See, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it because th- that's the thing. There, there's no ceiling on your income at this point. Yeah, and but let me tell you one thing that has happened that just to just to put it all in full context, it increased significantly above what I was making as a professor. As a professor, I was making about six grand a month, and my income for my business went to about eleven grand a month, and then it kind of came down over when my daughter was born. It came down to about seven grand a month ish. Uh, maybe a little higher than that. So it's kind of come down significantly because when my daughter was born, which was this early this year, I I just took a break from work like completely, (laughs) almost completely. I was still doing a little bit here and there, but I, I I didn't want this second birth to be like the first birth where I wasn't there. I was hardly there. This one, I spent significantly more time with my family and, of course, with my son, especially so that my wife can be with my daughter and, and all the stuff that comes along with that. Um, so I just withdraw, withdrew from business for a minimum of two months. And then since then, it's kind of increased a bit. And now it's back to, hey, I'm working fully on my business so that it, I don't want my income to drop any lower than it did when my daughter was born. Right. So I'm working on bringing it back up. But that's kind of how it has gone. And I know I'm disclosing a lot there, but I'm kind of an open book. Well, that, but that's, that's how it's been um, on that journey since leaving the job. Well, I appreciate that. And I know my audience pr- appreciates that too because you know, being I, I don't expect everybody to reveal their numbers or be that authentic and transparent about all these things. But when you are willing to do that, it, it really does give people an idea of what's possible and what some of the real numbers are and stuff like that. And, and how cool it is, is it that you could take two months off to experience that? I mean, it's exactly. something that you couldn't do as a professor and uh, I had the same thing. I, t- I took off eight months oh, wow. in, two, in 2015 to work on my health and fitness. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, literally, I did, I did almost nothing for eight months of 2015, and my business was still generating enough income to keep everything running smoothly. Nothing got behind. There was no, you know, we still remained debt-free, all of that stuff. And and yeah, we have that freedom. We have that ability because of of the kind of work that we do. And I happen to and know that you also traveled to the Bahamas. Let's put it in full context, right? 
after leaving, struggle. Very much of a struggle. Within five months matching the salary, uh, maybe about eight months um, uh, going significantly beyond that. And the focus then was just paying off debt as much as we could. And then it kind of came down. So you can't pay off debt as quickly as you would like. So there were challenges all throughout the way. You're resp- when you're running a business, you're responsible for many more things than you know, health insurance and all these other things that maybe you didn't even think about <laughs> when, when you were leaving your job. Um, so it was a struggle. But the, the, the freedom and flexibility that I get as a result of it, yes, it's more stressful because there are, there are more things that are resting on my shoulders. But for example, as you mentioned, you know, we spend over the Christmas break, we spend about a, a month and change in the Bahamas where my wife is from. This Christmas, we're going to spend at least a month in St. Martin where I'm from. I'm going to St. Martin uh, next month for about a week and a half. I'm able to be not just with my family here, but, you know, we were in the Bahamas maybe three months ago. I'm able to do all these different things and be in these different places and still work on my business. And for me, I mean, that's it's awesome. So I'm, I'm here in my basement right now talking to you, but I'm creating content and that's reaching people all over the world, having an impact. At, you know, if. I think if anyone is listening to this and they feel as if they have value to provide, they have knowledge or they have an expertise that can help someone else accomplish something that helps them to to get a little closer to their goals, why not put it out there? Why not take a little bit of the risk in terms of the time that it's going to take for you to invest and create that content, whether it's a podcast, a blog, videos, whatever the case might be, to provide value to the world? Why not? Why not have that impact? Absolutely. Why not? Why not go through the struggle? It is worth it. Well, Leslie, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And again, on behalf of my audience, I thank you for the amount of transparency that you've brought to the table and just sharing the journey. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe everyone out there should take their experiences in life and use it to help serve other people help make everyone's life better as a result of the things that you have experienced and learned and and sharing it with others is just incredible. And by the way, guys, I'm not kidding when I say Leslie Samuel is one of the most likable guys I know. (laughs) He's knowledgeable. He knows whatever you need to know about blogging. And by the way, blogging is something that is not necessarily my main focus. So if anybody's interested in learning more about becoming a blogger, Leslie, why don't you tell them where the best place to find some of your greatest resources? Yeah, the best place right now is to go to bloggercoaching.com. And if they go there, they're going to get access to my membership site for free for 30 days. They don't have to put a credit card, anything of that sort. They get access to all my courses, my live coaching calls where they can come on and ask questions. They get the, the Facebook group and a bunch of other resources that I created to help people to, hey, you have this message. How do you put it out in the world and how do you provide value to others in a way that builds your business? So 100% free for 30 days. If after the 30 days they want to continue, they can join as a member. And I I just know that they're going to love it and get a lot of value from it. Awesome. And that's bloggercoaching.com. Correct. Well, there you go, my friends. That was my conversation with my great friend, Leslie Samuel. I hope that for many of you, this has been yet another entrepreneurial story of encouragement and inspiration for you to take your message, your business, and your life 
to the next level. And of course, I also hope that it's maybe a little bit more of a realistic expectation of what might come as a result of trying to build an audience. The fact that it could take you years to build an audience and to give you a little bit of an experience of generating some income over the course of several years to the place where finally you do discover that you can make enough income that it might be possible for you to eventually leave the day job. Again, possibly and almost likely several years after you started building that audience, consistently creating content and delivering value, being someone that your audience comes to know, like, and trust over a significant period of time. And then things have the opportunity and the potential to take off. One of the things that I just want to remind people, Leslie had been building this thing for five years before he finally left the day job to pursue it full-time as his career. And then after five years, it still was a massive struggle for five months. Now, the fact is, is that after five months, he was able to replace that income and it's never gone below that since. And that's pretty incredible. But I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on the fact that it took five years of building that audience and testing some things and generating some side income to kind of get a feel. And also, for those of you who are married, the support of the spouse. I cannot emphasize that enough as well. But yet, this is more in line with what I have seen and experienced with all of my friends online and even some of the people who are super successful today. Some of the names that I could bring up, you would recognize. You look at them today and you think, oh my gosh, I'd give anything to do what they're doing. And if I could ever get those guys to be as transparent behind the microphone as they have been with me personally in private conversations, I think you'd be blown away by the amount of struggle and temporary defeat that even the most successful people you look up to and idolize as your online mentors. And, and I will tell you that it, it's not an easy road to become an entrepreneur. But you know what? My great friend David Foster once told me, he says, Cliff, I don't need easy. I just need worth it. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I do want to remind you that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, October 3rd. This will be my 27th time doing podcasting A to Z. If you are thinking about launching a podcast, if you're ready to start creating content consistently and beginning to build that audience that you've put off for too long and it's time to take action and you want to get this thing up and running, join me in this 27th session of Podcasting A to Z. I want to be your personal coach walking you through every step in the process of successfully launching your show. So head on over to podcastinga2z.com if you're interested and sign up today. Well, that's it, my friends. And until next week, I encourage you to take everything you do in life to the next level.